everyone. Welcome to episode Goose Dos De. <laughs> this is the second episode of Making Sparkles, Making the Musical Sparkle Pony Bear. Pony Bear. As you can tell, my voice is a little low. Um, I'm recording this in the morning. It is Monday, July 18th in another what's going to be very hot New York City summer heat wave. Um, but yeah, so typically mornings are just by myself and I'm cranky and I'm a groggy. So, but I needed to get this out of the way and needed to record the rest of the stuff I was recording. Um, if you haven't noticed, I typically will record these in chunks just so it helps alleviate my issues. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend was also pretty impact like there was a lot going on um i'm currently working with the amazing leanne Bergazi and leah olson on a new cabaret show called judy does black sabbath um we'll start releasing and putting more information on it uh on my facebook tc crosser t-c-c-r-o-s-s-e-r it's gonna be it's just it's so far it's a riot. We've got Meredith Nikolaev and uh, as the director, um, she's helping build out the core concept, um, and then of course my trusty sidekick Stephanie Rodriguez as the producer. Producer, <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to edit this. It's just, uh, but it was very exciting. The basic concept is it's Judy Garland's first night in hell. She's performing a concert, and all of the songs she's singing are hair metal bands. And we're going to juxtapose this with some really dark, funny... I'm not going to go into too much detail, but then Leah Olson will be performing the role of Barbara Streisand and Barbara's very first night at Carnegie Hall, which was supposed to be a duet with Judy Garland. So super dark humor. It's going to be all rearranged hair metal band songs with me on the piano. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll reveal and explain more as time progresses. Um, other let's see here, cleanup stuff. Um, I still don't have my demo take of the opening number for Sparkle Pony Bear. Still waiting. Um, I did have a meeting with a new, very amazingly gifted, talented uh, actor to fill that role and to help me develop this. I'm not going to make any formal announcements until after I'm confident that we're up and running, but I'm pretty excited to start sharing some of those ideas and things that we come up with. So just so we can kind of explain how the rest of the episode's going to go, um, I'm going to be introducing a new segment called TC's Piano Corner. Uh, yes, it is as gay as it sounds. <laughs> um, it's that... Basically, it's just me at the piano. You'll hear it. I'll get to it. Um, and I'm going to kind of explain that. The other thing I'm going to kind of cover for today's episode is script writing. Just as important as writing the music, just as important as outlining the story itself, you want to keep organized. You're going to have a lot of different pieces, parts floating around. And I feel like it usually generally starts with the script. How are you going to write the script? What program are you writing in the script? How are you sharing the script? All of those things I will be covering ad nauseum. Um, and I'll also talk about like Evernote versus Google Drive. Versus <laughs> so <clears throat> TC's Piano Corner will be a much more music-heavy side of this. 
Um, the other segment is pretty much just going to be very technical writing specifics and outlining and such. Beyond that, um, I haven't really gotten any feedback from anyone. I don't think anyone's actually heard this yet. <laughs> Maybe my mom is listening to this. Hi, mom. Thank you. Uh, so, <clears throat> again, as we build an audience, as more people listen, then I will be more inclined to try to drag my friends and my colleagues in for interviews. I'll also be more inclined to answer questions once I actually get some questions to answer. Um, so, without further ado, tech tips. I think this is where I might put like a little song or something in there. I wanted to first kind of dive into your scripted workflow format. I think that we'll start talking more about the audio side because I'm a composer. So Logic Pro X versus uh, Pro Tools, Finale versus Sibelius. That, I, I will explain that in greater detail later on, but I think it's very important to start with a good foundation for what the show is supposed to be about. It may have started on a scratch pad. It may have started as a OneNote or an Evernote or a Google Drive document. But at some point, you're going to have to organize these thoughts together and get them mapped out properly. I use a program called Celtics, and that's because it used to be free. Now I believe that there's a charge, like this cloud service. It's still much more efficient as far as price point than like final draft. Um, I also know Jonathan August has a proprietary like script editor software package he uses. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. As long as you have a program that can handle the formatting of how to write a script, it's pretty crucial. Um, and I say this because once you start to dive in, you'll realize you can break out your thoughts and ideas by scenes, you can add notes, you can organize, you can, I know within my Celtics, I can link audio files to specific points in a scene. Um, and that's why I usually kind of bypass having a lot of notes and a lot of like ideas of what the show's about. And I just go straight to my script format in Celtics and I just start writing out, kind of blocking out some ideas, the scenes, the different characters I want, all of those you can access within the writing program. So as you create characters within there, you can actually add little notes about those characters. As you write scenes, you can write notes about those scenes. I think it's just, it's just a faster way of doing it. Um, in the past, I used to have tons of paper flying around with tons of scattered notes. Uh, by having it all kind of in that. Also, we know Celtics has an iOS and an Android version. So as long as you've either linked it to your own um, Google Drive or iCloud account, um, you can access and write these things into the actual script format wherever you are, wherever you go. It's just really helpful to keep everything organized in one place. That way you can always go back and always go, oh, that's right, I wrote this note, this is here, but it's already in the right place. I think this also becomes really helpful further down the line when you need to refine. Um, one of the things we'll talk about is finding demo singers and creating like an actual demo package. Part of that's going to rely very heavily on your synopsis. If you listen to first the first episode, which you should have, you're going to find right away, my synopsis is a scam. <laughs> 
battered shit show. <laughs> I think I said something like a sci-fi, psychological, musical. I, I don't know. Because, and I wanted to make sure I didn't have a refined synopsis yet. Because part of what we'll be diving into through Tech Tips and through all the other little segments we're creating is how I end up refining the synopsis. I don't want to have a super refined synopsis before I start writing anything because I feel doing that kind of limits you. You kind of, in your head, create a mental block that goes, this is how this is going to be. It's stuck. It's not going to change. Um, It's the same with like writing music. I like writing music on paper and pen first before going into finale, because then that way I don't feel beholden to what I've already written. I can just cross it out or I can scribble down something else. Um, Script formatting is the same way only via script. Everything's there, but I can cut and copy and paste. I can move stuff around. I can change ideas. I can have multiple versions, and I do that as well, where I will start with one file, one Celtics script file, and I'll just start doing a save as. If I know that I'm gonna like redraft or add a lot more notes that are for a tangent or something else, I'll save it as a new version or a new draft. That way I still have a chronological order of all the different drafts as I progress. And then that way, if I get confused, I can kind of, oh, all right, right. I wrote that back there, but this made sense with this, but now it doesn't. Now I have a new file that tells me where all that is and I can kind of plan accordingly. Since all of the various script format writing programs all work the same, they're all cloud-based, this is the point where we kind of get into tangents. Um, And I'm going to explain how I have my kind of system set up. Um, Again, this is purely me, but I'm the only one talking, so fuck it. Um, So usually what I do is I have Google servers. Um, It's an app service through Gmail. But instead of it having like tccrosser at gmail.com, I have my own server domain that I have through DreamHost um, because they offer unlimited storage space. Um, And I have that directly linked to Google servers. Google servers, they pay per user. Um, My company, I have more than one user, obviously. (laughs) I'm not going to say how many, but... It does add up. It I think it's like I think it's like four to five bucks a month per user. I'm spending a little bit more than I want to, but it just it keeps everything within the Google ecosystem, but you still own all the space. And that way you can also have as much space as you need and you're not restricted and having to go back to Google and be like, I need to buy more space. There's that. So then what I do is I create a folder. And, you know, I think, you know, if you don't have a name for the project, don't give it a name. Give it something generic like Fuckfest or Drunken Brawl or whatever. But you have this folder, then you're going to put in and you're just going to create a brand new script document. I'm using Celtics, so I create a new Celtics document. I put it in there, kind of just write out real quickly all the different thoughts and themes. Sometimes it's a sentence, sometimes it's multiple scene headings, whatever it is. I kind of fit it that way. Then I will go ahead and I'll start to create a Google Excel sheet. So what I'm doing is in tandem is as I'm creating ideas and scene headers, I have an Excel sheet um, that's actually laying out what songs I'm thinking of so far. And again, it's not going to be anything big now. It'll be like maybe one row for one song and it's like opening. But again, as you progress, 
you have to think ahead. You have to realize you're going to have tons of audio files. You're going to have tons of different thoughts and things in your script. You're going to have tons of things that you have to keep track of. So the sooner you just go in and you go, okay, here's where this is. Here's where that is. These are the things I'm going to need. And I'm going to start updating and adjusting accordingly. I can't impress upon you enough. <laughs> how much time that will save you in the end. Because when you get to a final show, you're not only going to have like the 20 plus songs that you actually use in the show, you're going to have upwards of 15 songs that didn't make the cut that we call trunk songs. You want to have all of that accessible because at any point along the production process, you may go, oh, that song was really great. We cut it, but now I need to put it back in. Where can I find it? If you have it all mapped out that way, then you're fine. Um, another little tech tip I like to do is I have a Google Doc that's like a generic template that basically lays out benchmarks. It kind of gives me a checklist of, in order to proceed with the next phase, all of these things have to be completed. Either it's generic scene headers, at least two songs, um, a breakout of my characters, it's just a very simple checklist that helps me keep organized and reminds me what I have and haven't done and what I need to do moving forward. Um, so those are that's the basic, right? You have a shared folder that's cloud-based. So whether you're using Google Drive or iCloud or whatever format you choose to use, you have it all there. You have your script format file, which is mine is Celtics, that just kind of helps get the idea out there, but it's already in the script format, so it's easier to kind of manipulate and move around. And then you're going to start to grow it with like a checklist, and you're going to have folders full of file information. I just want to make sure you realize you want it in one place. You want it in one central place. Um, I know when I was younger <laughs> and I was less organized, I would have things on my desktop. I'd have things on a USB drive. I'd have things somewhere else. I'd have things emailed. Really try to avoid that. Really try to keep it in one place. And that will be an excellent start to having a fully fleshed out musical that's super organized and ready to rock and roll. And that concludes this small snippet of Tech Tips. And now for TC's Piano Corner. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to edit that together and clean that up and fix that up. <laughs> this is going to be the corner... TC's Piano Corner, where I just kind of cover a basic snippet of music and how I developed it and what I did and how I progressed through it. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole song on this one. If everyone lets me know via social media that they do like that and it is it makes more sense than I think it does, let me know. I will definitely build it out a little bit better. But for now, here we go. If you listened to the very first episode I did, I've already kind of played out the chunks for Topher's rock theme. They are not going to sound as pretty, but it's kind of like... For 
something like that. So what I generally will do is, as I described earlier, kind of break out the chunks, right? So the basic chunk of the song, or as I like to call it, the boring part for the piano, but the fun part for the vocals is this whole... Right? So <laughs> I didn't explain that <laughs> very well the other day, but... I purposely tried to dumb down a lot of my piano playing if I know that I'm gonna have some heavy vocals on top. That way I can kind of like focus on the vocals first. Um, so I will loop that. I'll, I'll kind of generate a loop for that system. So it'll just kind of loop in. And then what I'm gonna do, and through the magic of not editing but switching, um, for vocals on top of piano, or any other instrument like guitar, I always like to start with just a classic electric piano track. Um, and again, this is in Logic Pro X, but almost everything has a free little plugin. So as you can tell, I can't keep my hands to myself. Um, and the reason I'm using the electric piano sound is it's the best at emulating the human voice um, on top of everything else. Uh, some people, they may want to use like a violin sound or a cello sound can also work. For me, it just, it sounds the, the least obtrusive. So when I was kind of looping the original... <laughs> kept hearing this kind of build and this is where story becomes important too so Topher <laughs> Topher is 16 now but in his head he's like 50 and he's been like all of this stuff has been built up and he's memorized this entire song that's going to help create the entire roadmap for what will become the show um, you know, no pressure on me because now you have to write a song like that. So, so there is this kind of building thing where on top of the A chord and then it goes into a D chord, I hear this whole... And then the chord change... And then you can see how that kind of loops. I don't necessarily know if that's a, that to me sounds like a chorus. And that's typically where I'm gonna leave something. Um, sometimes you'll work on something and the verse comes out and you're like, ah, oh, it's just a verse. And other times you may work on something and <clears throat> the chorus kind of comes out. In this case, this is kind of a chorus. There, there, there's enough repetition, but then a resolve within the statement. So that whole do, 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 do. Like I could see this as like a building chorus and then you have the release. So what I will do and where I'm gonna leave this song at is that I like to take lots of breaks as I've talked about before. So the very first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna compile it into a loop, put it on my iPhone, and then I'm gonna take very long walks and just listen to that loop. And I'm gonna try to kind of come up with, you know, some type of lyric idea. How do I mesh this with 
the concept of the song, which is like his first explosive, like he's just woken up. Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of build it from there. And that, that's kind of be, going to be the basic. And so for this episode, <laughs> I haven't come up with a, a lyric line for the chorus yet, but typically, and maybe this will come into next week's podcast, I'll have some type of lyric line built out. And because of that, that will dictate what I want to have happen in the verse and the bridge. So hopefully I'll have a lot more to share with you next episode on this specific song. But that wraps up this edition of TC's Piano Corner. So I just went through and reinstalled and reformatted my regular workstation. So I thought that this would be a good opportunity to kind of discuss the DAW, the digital audio workstation settings that I'm using. So obviously this isn't like a Bob Ross paint by numbers and you do exactly the same thing I do, but I think there's some good information in there. So as far as the computer itself, Anyone that owns a Mac knows how expensive the hardware for the Mac is. And there's a couple reasons why. And definitely, if you have the budget, just get the hardware. Just buy the Mac Pro or buy the MacBook Pro. I, on the other hand, am cheap. And I don't always have the funds available to constantly upgrade my hardware. So what I did instead was I spec'd out the PC with individual component parts based on what I need. So... I need eight gigabytes of RAM. I need to run an Intel i7 core processor. Um, I want a solid state drive. So I went ahead and I spec'd out all these pieces, parts, bought them, put them together. Then I went to a website, TonyMacX86.com. And what they do is they have very detailed drivers and instructions and programs that will install Mac OS X on whatever computer you buy. And every install guide is going to be a little different based on the motherboard and the CPU configuration, but they support most of them, and I'm absolutely blown away by it. Um, it ended up saving me like 1500 bucks in hardware to be able to do it this way. There's a couple of limitations. You run into some issues that you're going to have to tweak and fine-tune. The forums are great on there. I'm very active on those forums. <laughs> For the rest of you street rats that are trying to make, you know, save a couple bucks, it's definitely a route to go. Um, but that is the only thing that would be considered quasi-illegal. Um, Logic Pro X is not that expensive. I think I spent like 200 bucks for it, um, but it's perfect um, because it's an Apple product. It's with you and you can install it on any computer that's configured with your Apple ID. So that's always great. The other thing with those technical specifics, everything I'm using is going to be using the actual like Apple owned sound. So the piano, percussion, orchestra sounds, all of those are gonna be just from the basic install. I didn't have to purchase anything extra, I didn't have to. I do have very comprehensive sound libraries for instruments like violins, violas, you know, cellos. I've got a very extensive bank of pianos, um, but those aren't ever really needed until you get to a place of fine tuning. 
And even those thousands of dollars worth of sound libraries that I do own were because I'm a commercial composer and a film composer. So you kind of need, <laughs> when you're selling your shit to producers, you want it to sound as pristine as humanly possible. So then that way you can go, you think this sounds great. Just wait till you pay for the full orchestra to actually record it. But when you're first writing, I'm not going to recommend going out and buying thousands of dollars of equipment and software that you probably aren't going to need. Now, as far as my actual um, audio in, audio out, because obviously you can't, <laughs> you can't recreate the human voice, you know, as, as the TC Piano Corner shows you, you can do like an electric piano sound for the initial melody line. Um, I'm currently running a very cheap four in, four out, Akai, EIE audio box. Super simple to put in, four in, four out. It was dirt cheap, it was like 150 bucks. So I got that. I got two or three SM58 beta mics. Um, I'm using an SM58 beta to actually record this podcast. And that's about it. That's all you really need. Um, dust to get you started. As you progress, you're gonna find, oh, I need better audio quality. Or, oh, I need better sounds. That's when you start to upgrade. But as long as you start with the basic kit and it's all in Logic Pro X, especially if it's like an audio library, as long as it's through MIDI, you can always change those around as you move and you don't lose all the work you've already saved. So if I'm recording in, in MIDI an electric piano sound and then later I go, okay, I want a better sound. I found this like great sound library for that. All I have to do is replace the audio library I'm not losing the MIDI information that I actually put in in the first place. And the same thing with audio. SM58 betas by Shure. They're a cheap mic. They're like 150 bucks. It's basic. It's called a dynamic, so it doesn't require a secondary power supply. You plug it in, you're good to go. Um, and that's kind of the core of just recording audio, recording sounds, getting things set up. Um, and again, I have that link to my Google Drive, so that way I have a laptop and I have two other PC or Macs, so I can always kind of run back and forth and be sure that I can access the same file from everywhere. And I haven't run into any compatibility issues, so that should be pretty good. Um, but I think that's as geeky, technical. <laughs> oh, MIDI controllers, as in like electric keyboards. Um, I'm actually running a very simple, stupid, cheap 88 key M Audio Pro Keys MIDI controller. I got it for like 150 bucks at the time. It might be cheaper now. It's not weighted, it's nothing fancy. Again, as you progress, you may want something better. That's great. And you'll get that when you want it. But when you're first starting, even if you have an acoustic piano, I think anyone can tell you, recording an acoustic piano requires at least four separate mics. The setup array can be very complicated. And if you need to change the transposition at any point, you have to re-record the whole thing. If you just use a simple 88 key MIDI controller, you can tweak and fine tune everything without having to re-record it. Again, these are the initial setups. These are the initial just yours, I wouldn't recommend sharing them with your friends necessarily, but they do go a long way towards creating the demo package that in sub, you know in the following episodes we'll discuss as far as like getting the singers to do your demo or getting the producers on board to understand or you know those things 
can be done with the very simple, cheap setup that I currently have. So as we progress through the podcast, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep it lo-fi, keep it to the initial setup, and then that way, if I progress and I need more equipment, even if I already own it, then I'll go in and I'll explain, this is why I'm using a different keyboard. This is why I'm using a different sound library. This is why I'm spending the money on these things. But for right now, even if you're running GarageBand, and again, if you have GarageBand, it's great because you can import a GarageBand file into Logic Pro X. So what that basically means <laughs> is if you own a Mac, GarageBand's free, and it already has all those plugins in. Record and do whatever you want in GarageBand, and then later on, when you're ready to roll with the big dogs, you can just open that file in Logic Pro X, save all your settings, and you can continue on. The one, I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really impressing upon this point because I've made the mistake where when I was first getting started in the studio system, I thought I had to have the $700 audio interface. I had to have the best of the best keyboards. And honestly, although it's kind of nice and it's good for bragging rights, it ends up costing more money than it's worth, especially if you don't even know how to use it in the first place. What's the point in spending 200 bucks on Logic Pro X if you don't even know how to record a sound in the first place? Let GarageBand do the work. It's free. It's already there. You're good to go. And with that, that is the initial setup. And yeah. Woo! And that is going to conclude episode two. Episode dos. Episode two of Making Sparkles. Making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear. I am your host, composer, impresario, TC Crosser. I'm going to leave you. I don't have anything new to share for Sparkle Pony Bear this week. It's been a little chaotic. So instead, I'm going to give you a little tasty treat. Um, I'm going to leave and end it with a very rough um, snippet of audio from a rehearsal with the amazing Leah Olson singing. Um, and what we're going to do is you're going to hear the very opening number that we're currently working on for Judy Does Black Sabbath. And it's a cover of Black Sabbath Paranoid. So again, enjoy. Uh, you can find me on all social media with the tag TC Crosser, T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. -S -S and I look forward to hearing from you. And if you enjoy the podcast, do the whole iTunes like and subscribe and tell your friends and, you know, love me, please love me. All right, have a good one, guys. Mm -hmm.